So have you ever called the 45 seconds before your kids wake up a vacation? Well, then you need some me time. Take some time for yourself with Pepperidge Farm Milano cookies. So for me, one of my favorite me times is when the kids go down. Well, after it takes about a two-hour time for them to go down. But I go out to my screen and porch. I start the fire And I sit outside and I have my Milano cookie. It has chocolate in it, which just makes it so amazing. Um, And I sit down and I have my Milano cookie. Milano cookies are the perfect treat to savor during my me time. They have just the right amount of cookie and luxuriously rich chocolate. They're the type of treats you won't want to share. And trust me, I never share them. I actually hide them from the kids. So remember to save something for yourself with Pepperidge Farm Milano. Disgraceland, a music and true crime podcast about musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly, hosted by me, Jake Brennan, is back with season five. And you're not going to want to miss new episodes on Guns N' Roses, Jay-Z, Prince, Ozzy Osbourne, Nipsey Hussle, Run DMC, Selena, The Rolling Stones, and more. You can listen to Disgraceland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rockerola. Wine Down with Jana Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. Oh, my God. We're just starting it right now. He just walked in. Tyler! Wait, can I just have to give one more hug? Sorry, one Go second. For it. Oh, my gosh. You don't Thanks. even understand the what Sarah is going through right now. Oh. I mean, she, I FaceTimed her last night. Yes. She didn't sleep. No. Oh. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited. Okay, for everyone who doesn't oh, know right now, me, because obviously you, you, can't, you can only hear, you can't see, Tyler Henry is in the Wind Down studio right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I don't think you'll remember, because you read a million people, yeah. but you read me in Nashville, gosh, um, it was two years ago. Yes, I remember. You do remember? Oh, yeah, in depth. I brought through your friend's mother. Oh, my goodness. And you were gracious. trying to connect wow. with your grandfather. <gasps> yes, but, serves. okay, so I just have to tell you this. So I almost canceled that reading <laughs> <Wow>. because... <laughs> Sorry, baby. The day before um, we had our reading, I found out about my husband's affairs and we separated. And so I was just like, I can't, I can't go. Like, I can't, I can't go. And, you know, what if he like sees the stuff and then it's nothing's public right now. I don't know what's going on. So that's why I brought all my girlfriends is because I just, I needed like my girls behind me. I needed my girls to support me. So, and I think. Do you think one of the reasons why maybe you couldn't read me as well as maybe others because I was so closed off? Because I was terrified of, sure. of of even, like, letting you in. Definitely. I think the intentions that a client brings to a reading can definitely affect it. And I always say that people kind of hear what they're needing to hear usually. So it's interesting that it kind of ended up going in a different direction. But then you said that, you know, my husband and I were going to have another baby. And, and at that point, I was like, that is not going to happen. But we had He's another so baby. So so you were right. We we mended our our path and, you know, we ended up having another baby. Um, so you were definitely right on that. But I, I was talking about that because Sarah is kind of having an interesting moment right now because you know, she's been trying to reach her grandma nice. and she's, she's, I mean, I'll let you kind of take it. So I know how Jana has expressed it. Like she talks to her grandpa and she sees him and she's very well connected with him. Right. And so I was just kind of trying to pick her brain. Cause I, I guess like my question is like, what advice do you have to, for someone who is, I'm like, how, 
how do I be open? You I mean, I mean, you were on I'm your like, bathroom floor being like, grandma, please. Yeah. I mean, right. So I had like a moment where I was like, I've been looking for her, but it's kind of like one of those things that it's like, am I looking so hard for something? Sure. And you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's the same way with readings too for me. Like sometimes it's, it's hard for me to interpret information. I don't want to overanalyze it yeah. or project meaning where there isn't. I would say for people who want to connect with their loved ones, the number one way to do that is through synchronicity. So synchronicity is really just coincidences with a meaning or with a, a reason behind it. Yeah. And I think when we can notice these synchronicities, um, then we can get that validation. But I think people are so busy with their schedules and their lives and the beeps and the buzzes of their phones. Mm-hmm. That they're very rarely present enough to really notice 100%. those coincidences when they do happen. So. Oh, that's, I mean, I literally, I'm like your biggest fan. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, think, I, I think. No, because it's just, to me, it's it's such a gift what you have that I'm like, it's so, cr- it's so crazy. Oh, thank like, you. Like, I don't even, I can't even begin to understand, like, how, do you just, like, turn it on and off? Or, like, how is it, like, right now, are you just, like, overwhelmed with things? Or how do you even go about your day? Yeah, well, you know, I always have kind of found that I've had to be able to turn on when it's necessary and turn off when it's necessary. So when I'm actually doing an interview or answering questions or just kind of going about my day-to-day life, I have to kind of actively avoid connecting. I have to make sure that I'm not connecting to someone's loved ones, that there's information that's not coming through. So I have to be able to focus on what I'm saying and being coherent. So as Jenna saw when we did the rectal reading, there's a bit of a shift that happens in my mindset when I start scribbling. And it really is very illogical. I kind of go into a much more subconscious state where I'm then focused on interpreting the information. So creating that kind of on and offness has helped me navigate life. For sure. <laughs> As someone who's kind of a skeptic, my husband, he's, <laughs> you know, he's no, no, it's just he's he's it's not that you're I mean, yes, you're a skeptic, but it's is it because you don't understand it or is it something where you're just like someone can easily find a grandpa that's been gone or sure. it's not that I'm a non-believer. I am skeptical. Yeah. I'm skeptical just in life in general. It's a good way These kind of things. I just feel like there's so many people out there that just want to have one little tangible thing to hold on to sure. where it's like. Just from my experience witnessing things, I feel like people steer them in a direction. Like, you know, that's just my perception of it. Sure. Where, you know, a medium or somebody will say one thing and the person gives them the whole story about it. And it's like, well, like, what do you, what you, you know, you're giving them all the information. Exactly. So I don't, that's just my point of view. And I mean, we've had a few people on here that have, you know, believed a little bit more. Sure. Um, But no, that's just still my point of view. I'm just a little bit more. Do you feel that from somebody when someone's a little bit more Sometimes skeptical or closed off? I'm or? actually very skeptical myself. If I didn't do this for a living, I would have a hard time believing it even exists, to right. be honest. It's one of those things where I'm the kind of person where I'm like, well, show it to me. If you can do it, then do it. Right. So I totally get that. And I think that's really why I personally put such an emphasis on validation in these readings. It's really making sure someone hears information that's specific and detailed or information that may not make sense in the moment but makes sense later on. And it's those things that substantiate that connection. I was going to say only because I've seen like every episode and I like understand. (laughs) But like, can you kind of explain like how, because I've heard you say like, I don't see dead people. Like, that's not how I work. Like, can you explain kind of like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about mediums is that it's like the sixth sense that we see dead people walking around. And for me, it's actually not that way at all. Um, That'd be pretty cool. But. That's how it works. Um, if anything, I really just sit with a person and kind of enter into a daydream-like state. And when I do that, I basically just start noticing any changes that go on in my mind or in my body. So I might have a vision, kind of like a movie playing in my head. I might get a physical sensation that corresponds with how someone died. I might hear a noise. I might get a smell. Sometimes I even get tastes. And so I have to take all of that stimulus and turn that into information that can then be validated by the client. And so there is an inherent interpretational aspect to it. 
that can sometimes be a challenge. So it's really just kind of a process. And as the reading goes, information continues to come through. And is that where you start to kind of go fishing a little bit where you're, you, you, like you said, you have a, a sensation, a smell, a taste sure. or something, then you kind of start probing and throwing things out there to the client? To... I would say if anything, it's more of, a, of an attempt at trying to get validation. And if anything, I often won't look at the client as I'm speaking to them. So mm -hmm. I'm usually kind of looking in a different direction. I'll verbalize what I'm feeling and then I'll continue verbalizing any additional pieces of information that come through. It's kind of like a, a sentence. If you look at a sentence, you have like the main point of the sentence, you have the sentence fragments. So it kind of comes through in fragmented ways as a way of trying to kind of convey a collective thought. And that really doesn't even require the client's involvement as much as it's more interpretational on my end. How much of this is like you compared to another medium and how much of this is subjective in a sense of when you have these sensations, is there like a, a study or a book or education that you go to? It's like, this means this, or is it all, it's different like a taste or something that you, a sensation you might have might be com mean completely something completely different for you compared to another medium. That's an amazing question. I've done a lot of interviews. It's the first time I've actually heard that question. Oh, so cool. yeah, I'd say it's actually different for every medium. Every medium kind of works differently, but it's all very symbolically based. So it's based on symbols, being able to identify a sensation and figure out what it means. Because things mean so much more than just the initial feeling. So I think a good medium can take those changes, those sensations, and formulate what it means in a way that's going to make sense to the client without the client's involvement. Right. Interesting. Is there ever a time where you see something or feel something and you're like, this isn't going to go, I don't want to tell them this, this doesn't, this is not going to go over well. There's definitely been times where I have not wanted to do a reading and I've had oh. to do a reading because I'm employed yeah. as a medium yeah. and the right. network is sending me. Um, but yeah, in those situations, I usually find if there's a hesitance on my end before I even walk in, it's usually because there's a lot of pain there or a lot of trauma and therefore there's a need for healing. And that can kind of put me in a difficult position because I sometimes have to deliver bad news and, you know, it all is ultimately for the betterment of the client, but it is difficult to articulate, sometimes difficult. So Sarah was telling me that she was watching, was it the interview with Khloe Kardashian? Well, I was watching on Daily Pop yesterday. Oh, shucks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we love them. Anyways. And, and she but was saying how you... You were like, I didn't... Yes. You were like, I'm not taking credit for the whole Jordan thing, but exactly. they were like, you kind of did and you were like well I saw it but I didn't want to like so you saw that Chloe and Tristan weren't going to end up together correct. but you didn't say it correct yes I I was if anything more giving Chloe a general idea of what what to look out for look I'll say this I don't believe the future set in stone I yeah. think any psychic mm -hmm. that sits in front of you and is like this is going to happen yeah. on this date they're full of it yeah I think a good intuitive person can get an idea of the trajectory of a person's path I'll use this analogy. If you have a Frisbee, and you throw the Frisbee and have an idea where you want it to land. And midway through, if it's in the middle of the air, you can have an idea of probably where it's going to go when, when it's up in the air. But as an intuitive person, I sit down with people and we'll kind of connect to the trajectory of their love life or their career or their health. And sometimes they'll be able to kind of figure out where that Frisbee is likely going to land. There's always a possibility a gust of wind is going to come out of nowhere and knock that off yeah. course. But it still is useful to get an idea of at least where things are headed in the current moment. So when it came to the Chloe situation... There were a lot of relevant issues that were going on. I saw distance being a big problem in their relationship, and it was at that time. Um, there were a number of things that came through, but they were really preventative, and I was just trying to be like, look, this is what I'm feeling that you need to keep in mind to save your relationship. And wow. you know, I just love that because a lot of, you know, I've had it, when we were separated, I went to so many different um, psychic and mediums, and, <laughs> you know, a lot of them, you were the only person that still saw us together and having a baby, yeah. even, even though you didn't know the, the break. That's but crazy. um you know, some were just like, oh, yeah, no, it's not going to. And it's, again, like you said, you can't be final with some things. You don't know right. the, but I don't know, the exactly. feel. Yeah, I think it's an interpretive so process and people shouldn't 
put themselves in boxes and psychics shouldn't put people in boxes yeah. by saying like this is the only way that this can happen or this is absolutely going to happen i think a good psychic gives advice to that person more how to approach the future in the present versus telling someone's future how old were you again when you felt these well that all started when i was 10 um i actually had a premonition of my grandmother's death Oh, my heart is like throbbing. That was crazy. Well, it's just beating. Like, it's a good sign. I mean, just like, like I feel like just like listening to you, I just like, oh, oh my god, I can't keep going. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, keep going. I'm just like, because I, I know the story he's yes. gonna tell. So that's why. But keep going. Yeah. So in April of 2006, I was 10 years old, and I woke up one night and just had this knowingness that my grandmother was going to die, oh, and gosh. I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know how to verbalize it, but I went into the room to try to explain this to my mom, and as I was explaining it to her, her phone rang. And she stopped and she picked it out of her purse. She answered it. It was my dad on the other end saying that my grandmother had just died. So that was really the catalyst that kicked it all off. But at 10 years old, I didn't identify or recognize that as an ability. Mm -hmm. It was just more something that happened to me. So it just started evolving into these little moments of knowingness. It would be small things that when I would verbalize them to kids at school or teachers, they would be like, yeah, that makes sense. How did you know that? And it took a long time to really apply that to reading. With with some, a reading like that, like a, a sensation like that where that is a definitive end right? right like you're talking about the trage trajectory of a career of a relationship whatever like that life or death that is definitive yes. so how is that something when you have readings maybe with somebody and you foresee a death in a family like how, how do people receive that like do you have an idea of a timeline when you see those things or feel those or do you even say it at all right do you say it at all yes is a great Which, example I mean, wait, Alan, which one was that? Alan, Alan Thicke. Thick. So. I like literally, I mean, I, we knew him. Yeah. And so watch, I like, I could cry. Like yeah. that was. What insane. happened? What happened? Well, oh. I sat with Alan. He was a total skeptic. He didn't believe at all when he went into the experience and he received a reading with his wife, Tanya. And as I was sitting with him, he had a loved one come through who died of a genetic health, like heart condition. And this loved one came through and I remember very strongly it was focused on the heart. And this loved one was coming through saying, Alan. Get your heart checked. Get your heart checked. Get uh, your heart checked. And it kept coming through. And I was chills. like, Alan, you need to get your heart checked. Like, this is coming through. I'm certain like of this. Like, he literally said it, like. Like, repeatedly. Like, I kept repeating myself. And he laughed. He, he goes, oh, 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 you know, I remember his laugh. He said, thanks, Dr. Tyler. And then he died three months <gasps> later of a heart condition that he did not know he had. And mm. if he had taken the steps God. to go to a doctor, that could have been prevented. In speaking on that story, I, I just want to say, I, wow. I, I think when it comes to medical stuff, like I don't predict when people are going to die. Right. If I get a feeling that someone has a medical problem that they're going to deal with an issue with, I try to tell them. So I think knowledge is power. We can wield that. We can go to our doctor with knowledge and say, hey, I have this feeling. Can we just check it out? And that can save lives. Oh, my so. God. Do you have, do you feel anything of anyone no, in the like, room? I'm do we have to check that? I sent that video to like, I was like, this yeah. is, this is why. What, yeah, it yeah. was just crazy. How does that affect you when something like, like when Alan Thicke passed away and you had that sensation months earlier, how does that affect you? Like, how do you process that afterwards? It's a good question. It's one of those things I've actually still kind of been in a position where I've had to process it because I was actually able to meet with his wife after, Tanya, and give her some comfort because she had had that initial reading with Alan mm -hmm. on the show. And so that was just a lot. I felt like she was grieving. I was grieving in a very different way, obviously, much more separated. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was one of those hard things where, you know, you, you want to save everyone you talk to and you want everyone right. to live their best lives. And then, you know, I, I realized also though that you can't force people to go to the doctor and you can give people information, but what they do with it is up to them. Hmm. I mean, gosh, that I just have chills. No, full I'm like, if chills. you were to tell me it's, it's, you said two things that have kind of always stuck out. Uh, what is the word? Stuck out, stuck out, stuck out, <laughs> stuck out, <laughs> stuck out. Yeah. Um, yeah. One was that I had to, for health for me, was 
uh, something around wine and then I'm not, I'm not <laughs> able to drink wine anymore. I was like, that's never going to not happen. So, but I'm, I've always been, that's always been in the back of my mind. I'm like, Oh, is this going to make me stop drinking wine? No. And then, um, you said Jolie, my daughter has, uh, potentials to have, to see and hear things. So wh- what do we look out for that? Cause remember I told you that about how Tyler said that, like yeah. that she might have those capabilities. Oh my sure. God, that's- well, I think all kids, for the most part, do have the ability to connect in some way. Whether they're seeing spirits, I don't know. But I definitely think kids have the ability to connect both to information that other people don't usually connect to and maybe see spirits. So I think kids, as they get older, they're just kind of told to not trust themselves. And I think that that's a big part of why we lose our intuition. I think as children, we live in these kind of imaginary worlds. We're going with our gut. We're not having anyone to say, no, don't think that or no, that's wrong. So as a result, I think kids are very uh, honest, brutally honest sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but also very tuned in, I think, to their own intuitions. And sometimes kids will say things and you're like, wow. That's so funny yeah. that you brought that up because I was on the phone with my mom this morning, obviously telling her I was coming here. And she was like, <laughs> Sarah, because I told her I had like a little episode on Monday night. Um, and I, she was like, you don't even know this, but like, I guess this is the time to like bring it up. She's like, when you were like two or three, um, we you woke up that morning and you came into our room and you said grammy told me and you said something that literally no like the most bizarre thing your dad and i it freaked us out because my she passed year i mean i never knew her it was my dad's mom and my mom's like you came in and you were like grammy just told me and she's like your dad and i literally were like what the she's like it freaked us out and i was like well what and she's like i we i just remembered it and i was like well, I could have used that. <laughs> like, who knows? But I think you're right. Like, kids, sure. that's so, I'm sure Julie has. Do, do you feel her grandma in here? Not at the moment. She <laughs> might be on a smoke break. But <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's really crazy. That's funny. Was Uh-oh. she a smoker? <laughs> she died of lung cancer. She was a heavy <laughs> Oh, my God. No, no, no. Like, and I know that was a joke, but, like, that was, like. That is funny. That was a deep joke. That was a deep joke. First time I've ever said that. That's funny. Oh. You, oh my god, you guys. You guys need to have a private reading. <laughs> oh my god. I'm already freaked out. That's funny. That's so funny. But yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you, what's the difference between like a ghost sure. and a spirit? <laughs> Great question. I'm just um, like I've So I always say, you know, when I do readings and I'm connecting with people that come through, I believe that they've transitioned. So I believe that they're no longer like stuck here. I don't I don't really deal with like those like ghosts the movie where there's like the light mm-hmm. and we're trying to transition. It really isn't that way. Um in my entire career, I've had one instance where I've interacted with something that I felt was like earthbound or like a ghost, something that was like stuck and wouldn't leave. I really don't think it's as common. I, I really find when they come through, they acknowledge that death is much like birth. So they will acknowledge it in the same sense of like, this person's kind of going through a rebirthing process or they're going to transition and it's really just a continuation of life. But I don't think it's natural to stay in this realm. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that you wouldn't read, like for whatever reason? Um, I mean... I would give my best shot to ever, anyone who was put in front of me. I can't think of anyone who I'd be like, absolutely not. Right. But, yeah. You Typically, I find, though, I like to read people who have a What about O.J. Simpson? O.J. Simpson? Well, that'd be an interesting one. That'd be great. Be oh, my God. That would be. What made you think of that? Well, because I, when you said who he wouldn't read, I'm, I, you know, because it's a speculated murder, yeah. I'd be very curious to see what would, you would yeah. see I, or what who would come up for you. I doubt he would do it. And then even if he would do it, I don't know if I would want it on the show because that's so like gross and explosive. Yeah, so I yeah. think I would want to do that privately, but then there's yeah. nothing to gain privately if you're reading OJ. So. Do you think there, that's, a, that's yeah. a good topic though. Do you think there's something to be said about kind of the skill set that you have and 
crossing that over with some kind of law enforcement? Do you think, Absolutely. have you ever been reached out by any kind of law enforcement to yes. assist in anything? So there have been people, families of missing people who've reached out with the curiosity wow. of what can come through or what do you feel? And right before I got the show, I was contacted in my hometown by a woman who I had read and her niece went missing and she'd been gone. And I remember it was over like messenger and I was just like, I'm seeing a parking garage and I think she's still alive. Oh my God. And I just feel like next Chills. 24 hours. And it ended up that her niece was found safe. She'd ran away with her boyfriend. She was found oh. in a parking garage. So oh, wow. those what? things, it has <laughs> happened. It's something I want to kind of refine and do more. And I think as time goes on, um, there'll be more opportunities to kind of take part in missing persons cases. I mean, I feel like <sighs> anything would help. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I was a parent of a law, oh, I would yeah, do absolutely. anything. Oh, I, yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I would go to every reading until I yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. And and actually I just recently filmed something for Oxygen called um, Smiley Face Killers Hunt for Justice and mm. it was actually uh, it's a whole uh, series that focuses on these drowned young men between the ages of around 18 and 25 that have been found across the United States. And these two investigators believe that they could have been actually murdered. And so <gasps> they've contacted these families to try to dig up these old cases and see whether they were murdered or not. And I met with the mother of one of these um, children who who had died and I just wasn't getting a homicidal feeling around it at that time and if anything it indicated more of an accident or or more of just kind of a situation happening so if anything sometimes not knowing what didn't happen is just as valuable as knowing i what was gonna say oh, i feel sure. like for a lot of people yeah. it's just close like for me i know it would just be like a closure thing which i feel like grief is so hard there's no book you know what right. i mean like we don't know how it's we're not taught how to grieve and i think that it's obviously different for everyone, but I feel like the common concept is like, we just want closure. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And then there's no, and what a gift grief. that you're giving yeah. people yeah. too for that. Thank you. I mean, that's, yeah. that's incredible. I mean, you're using your, I guess, powers <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> in a sense for, for people's closure. I mean, I think yeah. that's, yeah. that's truly like such a gift that you're giving people. Thank you. At the very least, I just hope it helps people have a conversation around grief and self-awareness and loss because we're all going to experience that mm -hmm. and go through that experience. So we may, may as well be open about it and yeah. not feel afraid to talk. About I mean, what you did for my best friend, Leslie, I mean, that was, mm -hmm. I could never thank you enough for that. I mean, just that, that she had her closure from her mom and knowing that she's in a you know a better place and that she's there watching her. I mean, that's something I think that's incredible what you do. Thank so you. thank you for, you know, helping others and, and using it in a, in a positive way and not in a, you know, it's scary, you know, yeah. no, uh, where can our listeners find you? Yeah. So I'm all over Instagram at Tyler Henry medium. I <laughs> uh, don't use Twitter as much, but that's Ty Henry medium. Um, and yeah. can people get readings from you? They can. So there is a waiting list at the moment for 10 years for, for a little while. Yep. But I actually, <laughs> how long is the waiting list? I've literally 175,000. I'm on there like five times. Yes. <laughs> I've emailed so many times. How many readings? Sarah, many, a little closer insane. to the top. Right. We'll get you up. We'll bump so you. So you, how many really readings do you do a week? Like a, how many? a week? It really varies. It totally depends. Cause I do a lot of Skype readings and I do charity readings. Okay. That was what I was going to ask. Yes. So you don't have to physically be in front of someone. Correct. Yes. It can be done over the telephone. That's crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Cause she, she was researching others because she's like there's no way tyler's gonna be able to do oh. well, to we'll do me so we'll, we'll we'll hook up after that well i'll give you contact info because i was like she was like you can call and i'm like but can people do that over the phone and yeah. skype i figured it was like a vibe so it's not like a vibe thing you don't yeah. need to like i mean it is but it doesn't require just it doesn't oh. physicality doesn't that's really matter. interesting yeah. wow I would, want, I would want to physically be in front of I, that's just how I am. I would too, Me but too. like we'll take yes. what we can get. Right. Like if I need a like <laughs> 175,000 people <laughs> later, I'll she, has, she needs <laughs> some answered if answered need real bad. Text, so we'll yes. text if we can just get her bumped up because she needs to know some answers. I love like, it. We'll talk after. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Um, Tyler, thank you so much oh, for you. coming on our show. We really right, appreciate, you, it. appreciate it. I'll give it up for Tyler. Yeah, yeah. thank you, everyone. Appreciate it.
Have you guys actually heard about the new show? Have you heard about this? It's called Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah, I heard it's unreal. It's an eight-episode limited series only on Hulu based on the 2017 best-selling novel by Celeste Ng. Starring and executive produced by Academy Award winner Reese Witherspoon and Golden Globe nominee Carrie Washington. Oh, I actually did see this on Good Morning America because they were promoting it. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I love both of them together. Um, that's exciting. And now it's good for me to know that I can watch the first three episodes, March 18th. New episodes, Wednesdays on Hulu. So the series follows the intertwined fates of the picture-perfect Richardson family and an enigmatic mother-daughter duo who move into town and upend their lives with devastating consequences. The series explores the weight of long-held secrets, the ferocious pull of motherhood, and what it means to be a mother, as well as the danger in believing that planning and following the rules can avert disaster. Check out the first three episodes on March 18th and new episodes every Wednesday only on Hulu. Wait, this actually sounds really good. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Okay, have you ever dreamed of being a character on Grey's Anatomy or, I don't know, let's say a contestant on The Bachelor? Well, there is an app that lets you do all that and more. It's called Choices. It's these amazing stories, but you are actually in the story and actually make choices along the way. So for example, one story is called Open Heart. Okay, you get to live with your friends in your first year of residency. You can focus on romance, medicine, or both, and it's so fun either way. And there's a story called America's Most Eligible, where you try to build relationships with the other contestants and try to land the man of your dreams. And those are just two. There's a bunch, okay? There's Royal Romance, which is like the Princess Diaries. Love that one. Uh, There's a story called Baby Bump, one called The Royal Masquerade. It's free and you are in control. Plus, there are super cute outfits that are totally customizable. Hot love interests. Sorry, babe. Lots of romance. It's kind of the perfect app for wind down listeners. Be sure to check it out in the App Store and search for choices. Stories, you play. So what I'm just now kind of getting into is stocks. Um, what I have recently started using to help with that is Robinhood because other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade and Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. You can do stocks, you can do ETFs, options, cryptos, all commission free. Plus there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started. So you can start investing at any level you want, even if it's one penny. So it's a simple, um, way to do that. View easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also visit um, view stock collections such as 100 most popular, which is what I do because I get kind of scared. So I just see what everyone else is doing. (laughs) With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. So discover new stocks, uh, track your favorite companies and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Wind Down a free stock uh, like Apple Ford Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at windown.robinhood.com. All right. Well, first thing first, uh, first thing first, Sarah had to leave. She's going to go find her ring <laughs> and try to. <laughs> She's going to be gone a while. She, oh. Boom. <laughs> oh, sad. And then, no, she's going to go channel her grandma. Um, no, but honestly, she, she left because she wanted to fo- follow Tyler Henry out. She's a super fan. She's a super fan. I had no idea. I mean, super fan. I didn't know pe- people like Tyler had super fans. Oh, I mean, he's a huge, he's I know, a big I know deal. He's, I know, in, you know, I don't follow any of that, but I know, I knew him. I know he's a huge deal, but yeah. still, I just didn't think people followed mediums like that. Well, I think because he's on E and Sarah's 
literally obsessed with thee. And when I told her that Tyler Henry was coming on, and I knew that you're kind of a skepticism, skepticism, you're a skeptic. Skeptic. You're a skeptic. So that's why I was like, well, I need Sarah on to be my. (laughs) Someone to be enthused and interested. (laughs) And I feel like you were interested though. No, I, I, I always am. I'm very interested because I just don't understand. What don't you understand? Just how people have that ability. It's crazy. But do you believe the ability or do you believe just? To an extent. I mean, I believe in intuition. I mean, how crazy about the Alan Thicke thing? That's insane. Yeah, I mean, that's nuts. That's nuts. And I mean, how can you not believe when he's, when it's something like, check your heart, check your heart, and he freaking dies? My thing, playing devil's advocate in those situations is, okay, you know, he had that feeling about his grandma, right? And then he also had the Alan Thicke thing. Then it's, did he have any of those feelings with other people and they just didn't happen? He's not talking about them? Like, did he have feelings of death with somebody else? And he's like, nah, I'm not going to mention those ones because they didn't happen. Mm. I'm just saying. I mean, and that's why you're a skeptic. Right. It's all but, good. It's just a question. But I liked him. We have another huge guest, though, coming huge. on the show. I mean, ginormous. I grew up with this dude. He probably gets called his character's name more than his actual name. Which is why I'm not going to do that. I'm going to call him his name. I'm not even going to bring up <laughs> FH. Yeah, I bet you do. Oh, I, I just have to say it. Danny Tanner, Full House. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Tanner, Danny Tanner, Danny Tanner, Danny Danny Tanner. I'm going to say it before he comes in. Oh, you, my God, it's Danny Tanner. You're probably going to okay, say it. Okay, I got yeah. it out. All right. So I never knew that I wasn't brushing my teeth long enough. Basically, that and then also <laughs> you're supposed to change out your toothbrush every three months. Had no idea, but that's what you're supposed to do. So I've learned that uh, with Quip. So Quip is a toothbrush. Um, It has sonic vibrations. So for me, I do have really sensitive gums and I was honestly scared to use Quip because of that. But um, it's gentle enough on your sensitive gums. Um, People actually brush too hard and some electric toothbrushes are just too abrasive. But there is a built-in timer, which is um, two minutes. That's the recommended. And then every 30 seconds to remind you to switch sides. Up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes. I know I haven't, but with Quip, I do because it tells me um, how long to. By the way, two minutes is actually a very long time if you think about it. So it's nice to have something to remind you. The great thing about Quip though is that three months goes by fast. So throwing away your toothbrush um, every three months just seems like a lot, but here's the deal. Quip sends you the top, uh, the bristles every three months. So Again, crazy, super good. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule of three months for just $5. So that's why I love Quip and they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Jana right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with the Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Jana. All right. Real talk, Instacart, moms, kids, teens, adults, you guys, Instacart is by far the greatest thing that has ever been invented. I'm obsessed with it. I feel like I don't have enough time in the day with two kids. Um, well, technically three, Michael. <laughs> um, I just feel like I don't have enough time in the day. And so, you know, since Mike cooks, my job is to go shop grocery shopping, but I really don't like going to the grocery store. And again, can't find the time. So 
Instacart, all I have to do is I downloaded the app instacart.com and I can choose whatever I want from whatever store I want. So when I live in LA, I um, either shop at Whole Foods or Gelson's, Ralph's. I can pick any store from any of those places. And then when I'm in Nashville too, like for example, I'm flying to Nashville next week. So I want to stock the pantry. So what I'll do is I will say what I want from Publix and then I'll say when I want it delivered. And you can have delivery um, in as little as one hour or the time that works perfect for your schedule. So if you want the groceries being delivered when you get home from work, boom, that's what you, that's what you can do. Um, they keep your hot items hot. They keep your cold items cold. Again, it's, it's the easiest thing ever. So no sitting in traffic, looking for parking or waiting for the checkout line, instacart.com. And you can get $10 off your first order. So to get this limited time offer, go to instacart.com or download the mobile app and enter my promo code Jana at checkout. That's $10 off your first order today at instacart.com or through the mobile app. And do not forget to use my code Jana. instacart.com or through the mobile app with my code Jana at checkout. Can we just start? Because I'm so excited. I've been 30 years of uh, radio, so I know where the cough button is. <laughs> you did radio? I, I'm just being on it all the time. Oh, okay, I was like, I've never, I didn't see that on your, no. on, the, on the breakdown. It's not on my, uh, <laughs> no. my bio no, from God knows where. Did we start? Sure. Guys. Sure. I've been asked that by many people in my life. <laughs> but I'm married now, so it's I don't, that bad, I don't huh? get asked. It's, right. It's that. It's How that. censored are we right now? Pardon me? How censored? Do we have to be? You uh, don't have to be censored at all. Really? That's why we got Zero. Easton over there. He's oh, got he the has to, well, I don't want to get bleeped. I mean, the, the new video show, I'm saying, I get to say penis. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> why can't that's you say penis? And That's like a part. You have a penis. I have a vagina. You have a penis. Some say. Some say. That's your husband. You, that yeah. was a question. <laughs> you have a penis? Yeah. Do you have You penis? have a uh, fill in the blank. Um, Guys, Bob Saget. Hey! Let's be overexcited. No, I'm no, so excited. Right. I'm excited. You grew up watching me. You oh, both I wasn't did. even going to talk about what an Full assumption. House. You watched the I video know, show assumption. and you watched Full House. <laughs> Am I accurate? You I was, didn't watch I Full was House. not actually going to even say assumption. one thing about Full House because I'm. You get it all the time. So I, I, I was just going to not I'm say like, anything. I'm like on a big bird suit, you know. People go, <laughs> yeah, Danny, yeah. Danny Tanner. And See, the, I just was not going to. I want well, my inside. Like little girls going, Danny Tanner. Well, it's but not, I was like, it's I'm not, not going to do away. it. It's, it's still, you know, we have one more season, which is amazing. They're doing 18 shows. and uh, For Netflix, right? Yep. And then oh. it's the fifth season. So that's the final one. They say it's the final one. It my my final kids one? are 12 and 9, and they're obsessed with Full and Fuller. So it's really nice. They love them both. That's You know, it makes us all feel good. We all love each other. Well, since you brought it up, can I ask a couple questions then? Go ahead. <laughs> because obviously it wasn't I... real Windex. <laughs> <laughs> And I do have a dust buster at home. That's and John Stamos is hot. Yes, he is. And Dave Fouillet is, is just like Joey. Well, here's the thing. I loved him because I'm from Michigan, so Red Wings was my team. I mean, I, I used to we figure skate for the Detroit Red Wings. When the horrible tragedy happened in Detroit with a couple of Red Wings that lost their oh, lives in yeah. a limo, Dave yes. flew John and I out there. We went there, and he didn't fly us. Cause that was awful. Not a good, it was horrific, and awful. we did a giant benefit. And um, we did a celebrity. Uh, I actually was a coach. I don't know anything about hockey, but it was so meaningful and so beautiful. And Dave yeah. is just one of my best friends. He's a very, very. So you genuinely guy. like the uncles? Well, I've known Dave <laughs> since Dave was nineteen, and I was wow. twenty-one. Oh, wow. So we met ten years before we got the show. It, and but he had the show before I did. They got rid of a guy to put so me on. So that's the question because Johnny Pose. 
po- John, John Posey, Posey was wonderful. Was, I don't understand it, but so I, he was casted originally as Danny Tanner. Yes, but and they then, wanted me originally. But I had a show on CBS called The Morning Program, yes. early morning TV against Good Morning America and Today Show, and then. Uh, they found out that I was being fired from that show. Awesome. Because <laughs> I was too hot for morning TV, apparently. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. The host was Marion Hartley, and she said, are you a type A personality? And I said, yes, but I'm working on my anus. <laughs> and she said, go to your room. And I went I to my room, and they didn't, it was a real room. I mean, it was like a, up, you go upstairs, and it's a flat. There's nothing there. And I stood there for 10 minutes during waiting for commercials. And, and uh, it was sad. But I was really yeah. happy because then I came back to L.A. and did Full House. So, did you, so? Are you still friends with the other guy? Everybody, that everybody is. No, I mean like the guy that you took his part. Oh, I never met him. Oh, you never met him. No, oh, but okay. I feel for him, and I, I probably owe him about a thousand dinners. But um, probably. Yeah, probably, but that's okay. But you know what? It's, it's just, life, though. It, that's the world of acting and. But also, the producers and... of the show, Miller Boyette, uh, were had had many shows that they replaced their leads in. If a pilot doesn't mm. work, it's known in showbiz to recast. And, yeah. And they do it just because they think it'll be a better fit. It's not that he's not good because he was good. I watched it. And I hate that they put it on a DVD box set. But let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I got a dirty video show coming up. Oh, ask me more Full House questions. No, I have one more Full House question. When you read, because you're not like Danny Tanner. No, I'm an actor. I know. But that's what I. I'm a comedian and an actor and a director. I got a movie come out in April that I directed and acted in with funny people. What's that called? It's called Benjamin. Benjamin. Rob Corddry and Kevin Pollack and Love. Sherry O'Terry and Dave Foley and Max Burkholder from Parenthood uh-huh. and uh, Clara Mamet, but I don't know the cast offhand. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the other people. Oh, Perry Gilpin and uh, Marilyn Rice Cub. It's it's a you know it's an independent comedy. So when you read though Full House, were you? Were Thanks you for f- let me get that plug in. You're you welcome. Got back to Full House. Got That's you. a soft toss. Good got you. And you can yeah. cut it out if you need to. <laughs> no, I, mean. I love it. No, when cut you cut it out. Oh, there oh. you go. When you read the script for Full House and you saw that I character, said yes. <laughs> I know you did, but are were you? Did you almost because you got so typecasted in that? Well, but I, you don't know what typecasting is until you go. Well, why am I not? I mean, Comet got Dog got Air Bud, and Stamos <laughs> yeah. was mad because Comet got a movie. And uh, he didn't. That's amazing. So, you know, it's just show business. But yeah. but at that time, you couldn't host a, a video show or be on a sitcom where you're playing a sappy character mm-hmm. and necessarily get a movie career out of it. And it still doesn't happen for a lot of people, that, depending on the kind of work they do. Yeah. Was but, After Dark then your idea to kind of go a little this bit more is what crazy. you like? This is what happened. Um, I had no intention of ever doing a video show again. Everybody's done them great. Daniel Tosh. Uh, Joel McHale's a good friend. He was doing Talk Soup. And uh, Rob Dyrdek on MTV, and I've been mm-hmm. asked to do, uh, uh, I did two of those shows. But well, I, then the I one on ABC, Rob. the... Well, the America's Funny Some Videos has been yeah. on for, it just got the highest rating it's gotten in like five years. But when mm-hmm. I hosted it, it was number one. And uh, and it's been number one on ABC. It's a staple, you know. Yeah. But it's it's done the way kind of like I used to do it, you know, except ours was bigger produced. We, we, were, we were on for eight years with me. And people didn't have the internet, so they couldn't go look up a video. I and now, to, yeah. all uh, some of those videos, a few of them are on on this new show. But what happened was uh, a guy named Rob Mills at ABC, who's the head of uh, Alternative, very smart guy, and is a big fan of mine. Which I then I question his intelligence, because <laughs> but I, that's self def. I, I was gonna say defecating. That's not good. <laughs> I was gonna poop on myself, but. Um, which is self-deprecating if you are self-deprecating. But uh, but Rob Mills had a meeting with Vin DeBona, and Vin's, you know, that show, that video shows never. It was AFHV when I did it, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. I took out the H. 
and made it AFV. My joke is that people just lost their homes, so they took out the age, but it was a rough time. It's rough. Yeah, I can quiet a room. But what happened was, <laughs> what happened seriously was, is that is Rob that Mills, funny. five thanks, we rate them by, we need a dry erase board when I'm on things of what's good and what's not. And then we cross off two things and we're done. But um, what happened was, Rob Mills said, you got the show, you've been sitting on it for 30 years. You, all the videos you could not air, uh, because they were too raunchy. What's, not... the, what's the line there? Like what really categorizes The line these is as... nudity. The line is a kid flipping the bird. The line is Why? someone That's cursing. Funny. But you can't run that at 8 at night. I was hosting it at 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock on Sunday nights. That's right. church day. Right. You want to sit around the TV. And that's why it was so successful. You want to sit around the TV with your family and be able to watch something. And I always thought there was validity in doing family television. Which mm -hmm. meant why can't I do what else I want to do as well? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I had been dirty in a movie, a Richard Pryor movie. I got to know and be friends and work with Richard for many years just because I knew him from the comedy store. But also, I was in this movie, Critical Condition. My comedy was always off the rails and got weirder as I got older. And, and raunchier. Because I've seen you at stand-up well, and you, real, you're, I, I'm like, Danny Tanner is raunchy. Well, it's not, it's Bob Saget <laughs> plays Danny Tanner. Yeah. But my yeah, sense exactly. of humor is, I started at nine with that sense of humor. And it was all based on gallows humor because we had a lot of death in our family. So my dad would just mm -hmm. help us get through it with Philip. I don't know why. He would just tell his nine-year-old son dirty stuff. <laughs> Whatever so, works. It worked. And, um, what and death so, in your family? Everybody. What? I lost two sisters and oh, my I'm father so lost sorry. four brothers. Oh, your sister had. I, one of them had scleroderma. So I saw that movie. Yeah, For Hope with Dan oh, Delaney. Oh my gosh, I that movie that. was incredible. She was amazing in it. Holy and, crap, and I just remembered that. Was, oh, that was amazing. Put, tried to put scleroderma on the map and we're doing another benefit April 25th in Los Angeles at the Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Hotel. No, no. Yeah, no, sorry. The Beverly Wilshire. Beverly Wilshire. And we have amazing comedians. I can't say who they are because it's top secret, but it's like, it's a big event. It's 800 people. I mean, that's, because I, I remember watching that and I didn't know what it was. It's like, literally can't the skin. move. Like, she cannot move. Wow. And she your move. teeth rescind. And, but mainly the things that you're most upset about is your esophagus deteriorates the flap and you have too much collagen, but it makes you taut, makes your skin more taut. And then, people that lose their lives is the pulmonary hypertension which is your failing of your lungs and so the video show is really fun but anyway uh back no, no no i want to finish this. <laughs> i know you i brought, liked, i know no, i like i like okay. and i like that you brought it up it means a lot to me i've been doing it for 28 years i hosted it before she was even sick this benefit and Can we you say the name again of what it scleroderma research foundation scleroderma and the, and the website is brand new we just put up this giant wonderful website which is inventing Tell a lot of it. new things srfcure.org. Okay. And it is, um, it really is showing what we're accomplishing. We have raised through these comedy benefits and Robin Williams, bless him, did seven of them. Oh, wow. So we've always had the biggest comedians that exist. I can, I can tease you by telling you that Ken Jeong and Ray Romano will be performing April 25th. Love. And you can get tickets for that on our website. Okay. Oh, let's go, Ben. And, he, and he's the, obsessed with comedy. And comedy is his favorite thing. There's button. another website, which is uh, the ticket website, which is srfcchc.org, but srfcure.org is also probably okay. easy. But that'll be April 25th here in Berkeley Hills. I would love it. I would love we're it. We're going. Say, yeah. He loves comedy and, you know. Well, this comedy shows, all that I and love. And then we're stuff. supporting an be, amazing cause. And we so. have a couple special guests that we can't say because there's a special we can't tell nobody. But the, the, okay. I, we've raised over $48 million. Wow. wow. And we all the money's gone to research. And that's so over a 25 years. So how many people year. are diagnosed? Do you know a, No in one a, knows. In a it's year? hundreds of thousands is kind of what we we say, but it's some some people get combos like they have cancer and scleroderma. 
Okay. And other people um, just get scleroderma, not just. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a horrific disease when you see kids with it. I mean, that movie it, was in the 90s, wasn't it? Uh, the movie was uh, 96, uh, and yeah. she died I mean, I remember watching that and just being, I mean, I was... I was born eighty three, so I was thirteen. What I'm terrible at math, but I just remember watching that. I, I mean, that was an that was an amazing movie, and I didn't Thank know you directed you. that. That's I directed incredible. it and exec produced it uh, with my um, friend Brad Gray and Bernie Brillstein. And um, it was powerful. I mean, I just remember being at that even at that that age too. You and know? we had a great writer, Susan Rice, and a great producer, Karen Moore, and it really made a difference. And we beat ratings that night for everybody for wow. ABC. We beat all the other networks, but there weren't all the cable options. What do you like doing the best? Directing? I comedy? love them all. I mean, this movie's coming out um, in, in the next couple months and uh, I love, I, I'm actually loving videos after dark yeah. very, very much because it's, I'm free. You mm -hmm. know, I got a call five months ago. You get Vince to say said, penis. It's you want, great. Well, <laughs> I'll say it every day, but no, you got to pick your spots. <laughs> you got to pick your spotting. But um, I, Vin said, look, I want you to do your stand up. I really want you to do it. Be mm -hmm. Bob. I said, within reason, of course, because you're not going to come out and drop F-bombs and stuff. And yeah. and, um, and I'm doing that less in my stand-up. I'm on a uh, big tour around the United States and Canada also all year. So I'm stupidly busy. And it's like writing that show while we've been on st doing stand-up has been challenging. But we, I wrote the voiceover, so I'm doing voiceovers again. That's one thing that no one... Even Tosh is great. You have a very low voice. I do, but I do. Oh, look out. You know, oh. like when I did the old video <laughs> show, it was like, look out. Oh, and people would get hit in the nuts and go, oh, <laughs> no, nothing could happen to me. Flagging. You know, it was like, but it was like doing like the guy that did uh, Bugs Bunny and Sylvester Mel Blanc uh -huh. and did all the great Warner Brothers cartoons. I just copied him, but I, I'm not great at it. But I have a low voice of that, you know, because I narrated how I met your mother because they wanted to make Josh Radner seem as though he smoked a lot of cigars and drank for 20 years. So I had to narrate it, post-date it. But, um, so your way of kind of dealing with pain is covering it with laughter then? It's, it's kind of how you got It's not covering. Taught. It's actually or, or, I'm not therapy. Therapy, yeah. 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 I mean, I, it used to be covering. Mm. I used to talk really fast in my stand-up. You know, my first joke was like, I have the brain of a German shepherd and the body of a 16-year-old boy, and they're both in my car, and I want you to see them. And that's <laughs> like, What? And I, met, I remember reading, meeting Robin Williams the first time I was 21. I was at the comedy store, and he had just watched me, which is wow. obviously a nice sign. And a bunch of the comedians started watching me. My first host was Letterman at the comedy store. And, wow. and uh, Robin, because I'm 112, but, um, <laughs> but Robin said, oh, so your mother is Gumby and your father is Pokey. Okay. You know, it's like, this is what you're going to do? This is your comedy? Right. This is different. And, um, and then I... People like Billy Crystal befriended me, and and just um, Jay Leno had a bit about incest. I thought was funny, and he says, "Yeah, yeah, you're the one with the sick mind that would find that funny." <laughs> so, Who were your inspirations? Like as you're kind of growing in that comedy, it scene. would be um, Richard Pryor was kind of the king of it, and I think the closest we have, besides Chris Rock, is Dave Chappelle, who's mm -hmm. who really does speak and is there's something about honesty. And there's something about giving your opinions about what's going on and not being afraid afraid to give them, but yet still find the humor and still be kind through it. Mm -hmm. And there aren't a lot of people. Bill Burr's a good friend, and he's sensational. I mean, the way he dive bombs into something, you just don't want to hit that area. And um, What do you want to talk about more? Is there anything that you're kind of afraid to talk about, like politics or? I don't love talking about politics or religion because okay. uh, 
I have beliefs that probably deep down most people share, but I also have conflicts because I'm not sure. Someone's going to get butt hurt over this. Yeah, they, yeah. they're butt But isn't hurt. that what a comedy, because yeah. that's, that's why I like comedy shows, though, because there's no, you don't have to be politically correct. And that's why I love no, going to shows. No, you don't, but you do have to be different. I mean, I've been doing a lot of gigs, and we're about mm -hmm. to go out with my friend Mike Young, who's also a writer on the video show, who wrote for Entourage. That's how long I've known uh -huh. him. And because I used to do that a bunch. And it's... You really want, if you're going to do stuff that's misogynistic or has a, a pedophilic joke in it, I mean, it's like oh, yeah. you, you don't want to do it, but you watch the news and it's in our consciousness, but it makes everyone so sad because it's so wrong. And these, and these people shouldn't be, they yeah. shouldn't even be on the do news. You find, do you find that there is a changing of the guard kind of in what you can touch because of the sensitivity of just yeah. society in general? I'm, where it's I'm just like, I don't even want to touch that because someone's going to cry I about did it. a show in London and there was one song I do, like a, some of my show is music, but I guess anywhere from 20 minutes to 40 minutes, depending on how long a set I'm doing. And I played this great Leicester Square Theater there and there was one song I shouldn't have done and I, I didn't know there was more sensitivity to it there. Then and now I realize just cut it, just cut it. Don't right. do anything that's so sensitive. That's if you find it funny, you're laughing out of some racial uncomfortableness. It's not. It wasn't racial. It was more sexual in right. nature. It was it had more of a transgender type of. Mm. But it was like a love song to a transgender individual, and it wasn't interpreted that way. And I don't want it to be misinterpreted. I want it to be very clear. I'd rather say something uh, horrible. And people know that I mean well. <laughs> and that's what the, I'm not kidding. This video's after dark. You guys are going to like it. I, I promise you. It's on Tuesday. Yeah, I've got to tell them. It's on Tuesday. It's on, well, it's just this Tuesday. It's a sneak peek. It's a uh, first look. And it's on after the Bachelor finale. Okay. Ooh. And if you look at my Twitter feed, Colton had said that if he ever uh, went the other way, I'd be the guy. Oh, you know, Because he's mean, a virgin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I but I think he's got to pop that cherry bomb. I don't, I don't want to. I think he's got a fastball. It's going to hurt. You know, he's, he's a ball player. All right, Bob. Thanks for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. We know you Me have to too. wrap it up. So thank I don't you. want to. I know. I don't either, but I got the signal from your lady. So. Oh, but we can, we, we can wait two more minutes. Two more two minutes. Because I just want to talk about the video show for one more second. Yeah, yeah, it's please. a big deal. It it's is. Not, it's huge. It's, well, it's never happened before. It's not like the other video shows that people want it to be. What time is it at? 10 o'clock. Okay. So and how does, how it has a disclaimer at the front. It's like a girl's gone wild. I love it. It says, can't do this, can't say this. And I really yeah. do think, I wrote the theme song, and I sing it, and we recorded it at the Capitol Records building in Studio <laughs> A, which is where Sinatra and Nat King Cole used their mic. That's and awesome. I wrote the that's damn cool. thing, and it's it's really, that's really cool. Well, I and think what's neat, and, and you, can't, that happen. you can't get in trouble for that, because if, if our daughter, she, you know, she's three, if she's up at 10, that's a problem with us, that's that we, we're not yeah, putting her. Well, she's going to see little kids saying words that are bleeped and she's going to say what she's saying well what she's she's not going to be up at 10 o'clock like, as i'm saying like right. you know it's, how old it's, is she she's three. she's three we have a three-year-old and then we have a three-month-old oh so. congratulations thank, thank you. you you must not be sleeping no <laughs> no. no not at all yeah we are he just was sick it's last almost night. like a press tour <laughs> yeah kind of. but but i've had three daughters myself that are old that. now and they're that was the with best. your first wife that was yeah yeah my my first i only had two wives, two wives in my life yeah and i had 20 years off to have relationships and not be some you fun. just got remarried, though. I did. Just I think it's four months ago, legally now. Okay. And she's wonderful. She's just incredible. What happened with the like? What what was the break of that? Well, that was uh, not to be personal, but the uh, the main thing was, what would it be? 
Um, you know, it's like Tom Cruise, who we all trust uh, for knowledge, uh, said in Jerry Maguire, <laughs> everything has a time. Every relationship has a mm. beginning and an end. It can be an hour. It can be a, a year. It can be a week. It can be 10 years. And we were married 14 years. We had three amazing kids. Love. We've raised them. You know, everybody says to me, are you a, a, an active, you know, did you ever see your kids? Went, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, you go to Hades because I was an act, very active father. Mm -hmm. And, uh. And then I would, you know, they'd be with their mom half the time, half with me. And then when I was working a lot, I went and directed a movie or two, and then I was not available. And so they would come. I was shooting this movie, Dirty Work, once with Norm MacDonald. And classic. Yeah, thank you. There you That's go. That's a classic. We want to make right a there. sequel. Norm wants to make the sequel. Absolutely. Please do. Can He's... he be an extra? Because his, like, dream is to be an extra. In <laughs> I can get you to fly to Toronto or wherever you're shooting. <laughs> yeah. But Norm MacDonald. You need, like, a bodyguard. Norm's uh, Artie Lang's a good friend, and he's been going through a hard time, and we love him. And Norm's said that the movie should be called Dirty Work 2. Keep Artie alive. <laughs> oh, my God. And, but I it was it. a very special time for me and, and, and a movie, but we were getting divorced, and we have raised the most amazing that. daughters that are not DJ Steph Michelle. They're, they're, these are, uh, oh, these, wow. this, these, this version is uh, 32, 29, and 26. So they were wow. three, seven, and nine uh, back in the day. And it just, it just, uh, I tried to make it work, and, she wanted to make it work, and it just life does what it does. Marriages, it throws you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like alone at the beach, depressed. You know, L.A. guy living mm -hmm. in a beach house that he rented. Went off to direct a movie in Toronto. Just lonely as it. Just sad. It's it, opposite of what people think. You know, they think you just go out and be a player. But, but I, went, I mean, look at you now. You know, you now I, met the love I of met your the life. Best person, and she is. Uh, her name is Kelly. And she's just wonderful, and my kids love her, and love. and she's just perfect. She's an influencer. She's a has a thing called E Travel Rock, and oh, nice. and she's developing a thing. A lot of people are into her right now. She's Very gonna cool. be on. Um, she's gonna be a correspondent on a thing on um, Extra. Oh, so wow. I'll, I think I'll be in it with John Stamos. That's kind of the idea. I love that because I love him. He's Uncle Jesse. Um, so anyway, the show will be on Tuesday. That's okay. that's what I. And what's your one last pitch? Like, what's the difference between videos after dark and the Tosh pornos and the ridiculousness it's and nothing, all that? It's nothing like it because I'm not doing sketches. Mm -hmm. I'm doing just straight stand up, and I'm not uh, pushing because I'm twice the age of Tosh. So <laughs> no, no, I look two thirds, uh, but uh, one third. I don't know, but I'm twice the age I was when I did America's Funny Home Videos, and it's just real. It's just more mm -hmm. real. And I'm ad-libbing, and I'm talking to the people. It's you're just like being I'm, you. I am being myself. Yeah. And and it's, and it's in between. But you're still reading teleprompter, but you go off Authentically Bob. It, and Thank you. I, that's the plan. And it, and it's uh, more of me, uh, if the public likes, uh, than the old show, because the videos are, once you go into these videos, you can't believe what you're looking at. It's just insane. It's so we're really going to belly laugh. shocking each other with shock things and... <laughs> Just horrible competitions. I'm so and, excited. And people from the South just lighting each other on fire accidentally. Let's try that at home and then send in one. You're going to want to. You're going to want to do. Uh, and you get 500 bucks if you, if you upload it. Oh. Yeah, that'll be on the show Tuesday night. It'll tell people how to upload their tapes or uh, not tapes, their uh, data. Right. Their movie from their camera. And uh -huh. uh, there's just stuff you can't. There's a guy sliding down a hill and he's in a bathing suit and the hill is covered in ice. And then the bathing suit comes off, and then he's face down, and he just keeps hitting little icicles oh. and stuff. But he's not even caring. He's not even hurt. And then he gets up at the end, and they have to blur it, and he goes, ta-da. And it's like, 
<laughs> and there's nothing left. They didn't have to blur it. I mean, it's gone. Uh, oh, yeah, it's he gone. dry erased it. So that's the kind of, and I narrate the stuff, and it's just, it's it's a hell of a lot of fun. So I hope I people it. like it. Congrats, and then, man. That's and awesome. And we did 12 more episodes that'll be on after, in the months ahead, after this big hour uh, thing. Love it. Well, thank Thanks you for having so me. Much. Thanks for letting me keep talking. I am really having a hard time uh, finding time for things. And one of the things that I think frustrates me the most is going to the post office because it's just a hassle. There's always a really long line and it's to drop off one thing or a package. It just, I don't know, it just seems such like a time consuming thing for me. So that's why I'm obsessed with stamps.com. It's so easy. All you have to do literally is go on stamps.com and that's it. It saves the trip to the post office. They'll send you a scale. They'll send you everything you need. So all you have to do is simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere. I mean... It's, it's literally the easiest thing ever. So with stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. It's, again, it's just a no-brainer. You save money, you save time. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use stamps.com. And they also send you a scale too. So if you're sending something heavier than just um, a letter home to your mom, if you're sending a package, they'll send you a scale. So right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com and click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Jana. That's stamps.com. Enter Jana. I just have to discuss something because I feel like a lot of women that listen to the show can relate. (sighs) And I honestly, I want to know what they do and how they handle it because... Michael has the man cold right now. And real thing. But here's my thing, though. I don't understand why you feel like you're dying when you just have the cold. And I had the cold. I had a fever. I had a runny nose. I couldn't breathe. I was coughing. My, I had terrible sinus headaches. I mean, again, fever. I mean, feeling awful. But yet, I didn't stop. And you're like, I'm dying. I mean, you, you're out for the count. Yeah. <laughs> men, it is scientifically proven that men get colds worse than women. Oh, my God. We have, we have actually the same cold. All of your symptoms. It manifests stronger in men. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. But that's the thing. It doesn't. Like, we have, we've equally had the exact same symptoms, and you've been the biggest baby. But what I don't understand is But how... the thing is, I haven't, though. Like, have I not? Mm. What haven't I done? What haven't I done? Are you, you haven't put Jace down in the past Okay, 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 okay. Granted, because that's more out of caution of his health. Than... Um, when I was sick, I was holding him. I, I put him down still. I did, Michael. Uh, I didn't let you a couple times. Oh, I'm sorry, one or two times. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, But like, there's, it's not I mean, like there's... I'm like, all right, you got both. I'm in the room. Like, I'm still out there doing stuff. Yeah. Helping. To an extent. So I'm not You're more really... Just, but no, but no, here's the problem. I'm kind of a warm He's body actually, around the house. That's the thing. That's He's more of a warm I'm a, body. I'm like a coat hanger in the corner. And then he'll make the loudest... He'll be like... I mean, your cough is so loud, but the worst part is, is he is stink bombing the house. I <laughs> literally told him, I said, stay in the room if this is what's going to happen, because this is disgusting. I mean, I was so angry with you. My body is fighting 
for my life. Oh my god. It's so a cold noises and smells that come out of me. I cannot be held accountable for. I just don't understand. Mark, maybe you can help with us with this with us is, you know, there are so many gifts and memes about <laughs> men and their colds. And they even say that's why, you know, men can't have children because, you know, the species we would die through. Yeah. You would die through childbirth because you can't even live through the cold. So I don't understand because we have the same symptoms. I'm on WebMD right now trying to find something to back up Mike because okay. bro code. <laughs> There's really no difference in the immune systems in men and women is what it says here. They say that estrogen can... I didn't think someone would actually look it up. Just take my word for it. They think estrogen can maybe slow the spread of a cold throughout the body. So it might... Sp but it's the same deal, basically, uh -huh. is what they're saying on this article on WebMD. And I'm a bad example of this because I refuse to ever admit that I'm sick. Oh, I'm I love that. that. I'm, my wife's like, Mark, seriously, like, you go can't stop sneezing. Yes. You're clearly miserable. I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to work. Everything's <laughs> fine. Let me go, you know, out in the garage. Anyway, so I'm the, I, I'm not that. So I don't know. I can't. See, I'm, I'm the same way. And so that's the thing that I tell Janet. I'm like, when I am like kind of down and out, it means I really feel like shit. Right. Like I really feel bad. Yeah, but you're down and out is like down and out. Whereas I had the same thing and I'm not down and out. I then want you really weren't down and out. Oh, see, that's oh, oh real. Oh, <laughs> trigger, trigger. What? I, then you're telling me I'm fine. And you got real upset with me last night because it was a major yeah. trigger. In oh, my God. Because I said, what are your symptoms? And he said, she, she went I asked, super I, parental. On no, me. I just said, no, I, I said, do you have a do fever? You have a fever? No, I don't think so. I said, do you? You know, do you have chills? No. Are you still I, achy? No, not really. I so just then I said, okay, then you're fine. Okay, you're fine. And so he got real upset with me. Because I was like, he, that's a trigger what? from childhood. I'm like, it, it, just, it just felt so parental. Like but I just Her telling like, me I'm fine. Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm an adult. I feel like crap. I'm telling you. I'm Easton. Not a, and uh, how many times do I get sick a year? Once? Um, not true. Maybe twice. Not true either. <laughs> oh, you're so full of it. Easton, do you have the man cold? Uh, I like to think I lean into it when I get sick. <laughs> uh, if I feel a little stuffy, I'll, I'll be like, hey, oh my goodness, I got the vapors. I cannot lift a finger, sweetie. Uh, so but yes, why I do. is it though? I just don't understand. Is it just because you guys have more, you have the ability to just. We have nothing. We have no excuse. Chill? We have no monthly period. We don't have mm -hmm. children or estrogen or hormones or any of that that give us a reason to be, you know, embrace sympathy or empathy. This is all we got. We don't get yeah, When we get a cold, oh we God. capitalize. What, where this is we... all we got. Okay, time out. Where do we get any empathy for our periods? For I mean, when have you ever given me empathy for my monthly period? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm speaking from a general standpoint, no, not not from my not from my personal my personal experience, from okay. the general standpoint, so exactly. general point of view. And you just this is all we walked got. yourself into a brick wall. Anyways, let's get to some emails. <laughs> Bottom line, I'm sick. I'm still here. I've still shown up as a dad. Okay. The only thing I haven't done is put Jace down for his health or cook dinner or screwed your wife. I did that the first time you got home. I wasn't feeling great. Anyway. <laughs> You want me coughing? Come here, baby. 
You want me coughing all over you? No. Okay, Please yeah. Please read us something, Mark. Okay, sure. Uh, it's an anonymous email saying, I have a coworker and he's cheating on his wife. Oh. They have two mm-hmm. kids together, and I don't know. Should I let the wife know? Like, he, I don't even know if anonymous is male or female, but... He has, mean, he has an access. <laughs> he has access to the wife if he wants it or she does. I have, I have a coworker and he's cheating on his wife. So it sounds like it's a guy. So sounds it, like it, but then his wife happens to work with my fiance. fiance. With my fiance. So so it sounds like he's the anonymous is from a guy. It sounds like okay. Well, anyway, he he says this is eating me up because I don't want to break up their family, but I feel she has the right to know. I would want to know if it was me. Okay, I'm on two. I have two sides. Of this. From the side of it happening, obviously, I would want to know. Now, if before that, though, I would have said, don't say anything because it's not your business. So that's mm, where I'm. That's interesting. That's where I'm torn. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> Jesus, Michael. <laughs> no. Just, no, but I, do you see what I'm saying, though? No, that's that's a tough dilemma. I mean... You have to like, I guess, try to bring it up with your coworker, and but at the same time, it's not your business. It's but that's not your the balance. Business. Like, yeah. it's, we should stay out of other people's nonsense. But, but on the, the other wife, hand, I would want to know. I know, right? It's a catch twenty-two. It's a tough one. What would you do? It's like, no what if what, what if Easton was cheating on his wife? I would bury my head in the sand and say, Easton, you should really knock it off. But I would not tell his wife. You hear all that? All right, <laughs> <laughs> game on. <laughs> <laughs> It also depends on the situation, like who are you closer friends with and all that stuff. But I think in general, you shouldn't poke your nose where it doesn't belong. Tori, get on. If I was cheating on Mike, would you tell Mike that I was having an affair on him? Okay. Everybody, I feel like, got a way easier question besides <laughs> yeah, this. That, yeah, you guys right there. Because I have a soft spot in my heart for the both of you. Uh-huh. I kind of feel like okay. Well, what if he was cheating on me? And and so let's say, what if let's just the entire world would line up to tell you. Well, well that's also true, right? But let's say you got, you were doing a good job, which you know it's good you can and you can get away with it. But you know, what if what if he was cheating on me? Would you would you tell me then? I'd probably tell Sarah and then have Sarah tell. Me. <laughs> that's funny. No, I actually I'm just somebody where like if, if I'm in the same position. You're going to immediately get really mad at the person for breaking the news. You're you're going to go a million miles per hour. But at the end of the day, you're going to appreciate the person who was trying to be honest with you. Um, so if I had actual facts that I knew this, I think that I would be honest in it. Being like, okay, hey, that friendship's probably going to be broken now for a little bit of time. But the healing of it. And then at least I was being honest about the situation. Because I think it's worse being the person who knew and doesn't say anything than being the person who says something, even if you're like, Right. I'm going to drop the bomb and leave, but at least you're going to know that like it might. And, and think about oh, if you're the hard. friend in that situation where if your friend didn't tell you and you're like, you knew I'd be so you tell me you'd go nuts. Well, I will say this. So not to get like personal and bring up our stuff, which people don't like, but I will say the one of the affairs partners reached out to me, but he didn't reach out to me when it was happening because he saw me on Facebook and saw that we had a family and he didn't want to break up the family. Mm. So he said that he hoped that maybe he got better. So in that situation, I appreciated that, but at the same time I would have wanted that too. So it's, I don't know. That's where it's like, I go back and forth with that. I think that's, 
Are you okay? Uh, cough <laughs> the cold. Um, his cough drop that's really, saving his life. Yeah, it is saving my life. Um, I think that's just a difference of whether you have a prior relate like a friendship mm-hmm. versus yeah, yeah it's true. Like if right. it's your friend, it's different. If it's someone you don't know, it's, it's like, just a coworker. Ah, yeah, I if it's just a coworker, you're and like, if you don't mm. really know the wife. Then it's like, then you're just butting your business into something that you really shouldn't like, do. Yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you don't really, so here's anonymous. Here's if you don't really know the wife, our suggestion is to probably not. But if you, I, I would say if you are like close with them. Well, this is, well, then why I are you mean, close the with the wife? my coworker. So yeah. it, it doesn't say my friend. What do you, what do you feel about like an anonymous note? Oh, I'm all about that. Do you know what no. I mean? Yeah. Like just slide it in. No. I did that in high school. <laughs> That's not, I mean, it's very high school of us, but yeah, I mean, that's like anonymous, like Instagram, like, hey, your husband or wife is cheating. I just Oof. feel like also there's got to be some kind of inkling probably happening in the household. It'll show up. So, I, yeah, it'll always be exposed. Yeah. You this is from Jess B. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Nice. She says, my husband and I struggle with intimacy. In fact, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but we have not had sex in two years. Oh, wow. Like you, Jana, my love language is physical touch, so this has greatly affected me. We have two young kids and get caught up in the everyday life, so we don't always take the time to work on us. To me, a relationship with no physical touch and no intimacy is not a relationship at all. Help. Suggestions? I'm going to let you take this, and maybe you should tell them about the, what we just did. Hmm. <laughs> Where do you want me to take it? Because I, 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 mean, I know your cold is really affecting. I gotta limit my words. <laughs> I'm only allowed so many words to speak per day, honey. By doctor's orders. <laughs> um, if you want to lay down, we can adjust the microphone, <laughs> please. Yeah. Can I take this thing off the stand and lay down? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, two years. Wow, that's tough. I, I mean, what do you think? Oh, where geez. would you Where would you start? I would. I, mean, I would do the this? tantra. We did Tantra therapy, Michael and I, a couple weeks ago, and it's it's basically homework for intimacy. Yeah. And we we, we you have to choose how many nights a week. And after you do the Tantra exercises, you're not supposed to have sex afterwards. So it's, it's just about building true intimacy up. Mm-hmm. So I think if they do exercises, even if it's once a week. Yeah. You know, we've obviously set ours and whatever is good for them. But if you can find, because it is hard with kids and stuff, but if you can find a time to maybe just do once a week, one of the practices in Tantra, just to, just to start to reconnect again and to try to have intimacy because practice makes perfect, I guess. No, I think that's a good point, honey, where you're not putting the pressure to just to dive back into intimacy Yeah. from the get go. It's not like, all right, let's set time together and just be intimate. It's like, yeah. no, it don't work that way. Let's. Give yourself some leeway, ease back into it, mm-hmm. you know, be soft with one another and, you know, see where it goes. But do the work too. Yeah. It's like all, don't just, you know. Yeah. You got to follow up and do the work. And Jan and I say a lot on here is make intentional time for each other because it's good that you're there for your kids. But if you guys aren't there for each other, then. Yeah. And if for some reason, no you good. know, because Mike's fighting this awful plague, <laughs> um, you know, we haven't been able to do one of the days that we said we were going to do the intimacy exercise. So mm-hmm. we acknowledge like, Hey, I am just, if you're not going to be present and be able to do it, then, then acknowledge it and then say, I, but I'd like to do it on this day instead. Right. So to still make intentional. Can you describe one of the intimacy exercises? So there's a couple, the dry hump is fun. <laughs> the dry hump is fun. You basically spoon and dry hump. I think we have a title for this episode. The dry hump is fun. <laughs> the dry hump is fun. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you can't have sex after us. No, but the other ones where you sit and you just stare at each other for three minutes. Yeah. Um, you, you hold hands. No, you hold hands, right? Yeah. Yeah, we hold you, hands. You hold hands and you stare at each other. Another one is a massage. So it's just touch. So it's just like touching, but... And you're fully clothed. You're fully you're clothed. Fully clothed, fully clothed then, but you can touch for, you know, three minutes and then three minutes each and then, but that's a way of connecting. And, and then another one is the four layers of touch, which is the Th- first one, one is like your- That one's hard for me. Energy level. Second one is skin. Next one's muscle, then bone. But you go, so you'll start like you'll above You'll start like it. above their body and, like and then you'll just do lightly on their skin. Then you do deeper, more pressure under their muscle and then even more, even deeper- like to the quote unquote bone level. And you can explore. And, you know, if it does lead to stuff, that's fine. But don't put the pressure on it. Mark, you look so confused. Uh, I think it's fascinating. <laughs> the bone part sounds painful to me. It's, no, it's just it's just a deep it's just a deep massage. Okay. Yeah. Which can be painful. Not if it's in the lower areas because you can massage the entire body. <laughs> <laughs> well, this sounds like so it was what fun. What kind of bone do you want to be <laughs> All right, one more email. Okay. Lacey, my husband and I have been debating whether we should have a second child. I have a sister, and I can't imagine being an only child. The problem is, kids are hard. (laughs) And I went through postpartum depression with my daughter, and I'm terrified of going back. What if I regret having a second? What if I don't love them the same? Did you have these same questions when deciding for your son? I think this is very relatable. So relatable. Lacey, thank you for your question. I Um, I was hugging Jana last night, and I said to her, I whispered to her, I said, could you imagine if we had a third kid right now? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, hard. We were just struggle city. Yeah. Um, Jace was, yeah, yeah. It just, it's, it's just hard. It's been a hard week. But, I mean, two kids is is doable. Well, I will say this, Lacey. It is true. When people say that two kids is two kids are harder than three, 100%. The transition to two has kicked our ass. Mm-hmm. But we've now gotten to the groove of it. We're three months out. We're now in the groove of things, but what I will say is for us, I knew I didn't, you know, I, w- I had a brother, Michael had, has, has siblings. So we knew that we didn't want an only child. And sometimes, you know, I have a friend, Brian, who has an only child. That's fine. That's what they want. And that's their decision. If you have that feeling that you want, you don't want to have an only child, then that's something to be said for that. But then also my biggest fear was not loving them the same. And I remember when I had Jace, and I don't know if it was from all the hormones or all the medicines, but I called my friend Beth, and I I was so scared to tell anyone else because I I felt like I didn't love him as much as I love Jolie, and it scared the heck out of me because I was just like, I'm supposed to, like, how do I not feel this love? And I felt like it was more with Jolie, and so it really, like, it really messed with me because I thought I was maybe having postpartum depression because I just was in such a fog and I didn't feel connected to Jace and I didn't feel like I felt when I had Jolie and it really freaked me out. But then two weeks later, I think it was just the medicines and the hormones because now I love him more than Jolie, to be honest. (laughs) But I think it's just a real thing and we just have to talk to our friends because postpartum depression is very serious and you know, our hormones are all over the place. So I think you just need to have a little grace for yourself and talk to your friends because you're, you know, your friends, a, hopefully they know your symptoms and if not tell them that you had it before and just make sure you have people there for you to, but you're going to love them in such a different love. Like I love Jason such a different way that I love Jolie mm-hmm. and I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I do. 
But now I feel like I love, I don't know, I just love him more as a, ba- a baby sense. Yeah, we and didn't. It's weird. It's just different. We didn't regret. We never thought we'd regret having a second child because we knew we wanted multiple children. But we did have to ask the question. It's like, we love Jolie so much before we had Jace. It's like, how do we love another human being this much? And like Jana said, I mean, we love him tenfold. Yeah. I mean, and I don't crazy. mean to say I don't love Jolie. No, it's just she's, Jolie's a three She's major. being real difficult right now. I love her more than life. Yeah. But right now, I think I love Jace a little better. Because little man. Because he loves mama. <laughs> and Jace doesn't love, and Jolie doesn't love mommy right now. No. She's like, I don't want to love you. <laughs> <laughs> say, I love but you, Jolie. No love you. No love you. So I said, okay, well, mommy loves you. What about Boy. you, Mark? What's the question exactly? Just did you have any regrets having multiple kids? Did I did. You... I did think um, there's no way I could love mm-hmm. daughter number two as much as daughter number one, right. which is funny to think about now yeah. because they're both amazing. So and different, I, right? And they're very different, and they, and and they have their unique challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as this goes, and I don't want to say too much, just because I cannot relate to postpartum depression, which is a very real, very serious thing. And so I don't want to be flip about that in any way. Have you ever had a sinus infection? Oh, a guy is kind of the same thing. <laughs> Lacey, I'm hitting him for you. Don't worry. But what I was going to say is that when you have the second baby, it's not funny. You will love it so much that you will laugh that you ever had these thoughts yeah. about Sorry, the Lacey. second baby. So that's what I think. I think I think if you don't want to have an only child, you would never wanted to have been an only child. I think you should have a second child. And of course it's it's always nerve-wracking to have another kid, mm-hmm. bring another child into this world, but I don't think you'll regret it once it happens. Amen. Before we wrap all this up, we got to give a big thank you to Robinhood. Get started on investing with a free stock like Apple, Ford or Sprint when you sign up at windown.robinhood.com. Quip Get your first refill pack for a free Quip electric toothbrush when you visit getquip.com slash Jana. And Instacart. Get $10 off your first order at instacart.com when you use promo code Jana at checkout. Also, stamps.com. Get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Jana. All right. Well, I think you need to apologize to every woman for the comment you just made about postpartum depression because it's, it's a, it's, it's. Am I going to get backlash for this? I was just kidding you guys. Sense of humor. I hope they give you crap as much as they give me crap for my sense of humor. They have empathy for me. He's on lots of different cold medicines. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm I'm not responsible for what I've said today. No, he's woozy from all the drugs he's on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep being like, Taylor, take this. Take, you can take, he's like, can I take it? Just, yeah, take that. You can take that with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. Here, have um, some wine. All right. Let's wind down later. Bye. I'm going to go get in bed. You would. You're such a baby. I'm sick. <laughs> Good show, guys. Looking our best means taking time for renewal, including skin renewal. But anti-aging retinol can be harsh and irritating. Well, Burt's Bees, my faves, have found nature's gentle yet powerful retinol alternative, Bacuchiol, and has made it the key ingredient in their Burt's Bees Renewal Skincare line, which includes a firming moisturizing cream, refining cleanser, and more, all formulated without parabens, phthalates, SLS, and petrolatum. Go to burtsbees.com slash renewal and take time for renewal today. There's nothing you wouldn't do for your child. From watching their soccer game in the pouring rain to soothing a crying baby at 4 a.m. You love your kids. 
So love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Car seats reduce fatal injury by 54 to 71% for toddlers and infants. Car crashes are a leading cause of death for children under 13, but when used correctly, safety restraints can dramatically reduce the risk of fatality or injury. It's critical that every trip, every time children are in the right seat for their age and size, and that children under 13 years of age are always buckled up in the back seat. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to learn more. This message is brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.